Zach Peter, and you're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, and that is my sexy radio voice, everybody. <laughs> Don't you love it? <laughs> and we have a very, very good, exciting show for you. We are fixing your lives. We have Max Lugavere, who's going to be talking to us and to you about how you're killing your brain and why you should start giving a shit about it. And then we have some questions that you've sent in that we'll be weighing in on and giving you some of our unprofessional advice in a segment we like to call Fix My Life. And here to help me are the two most unprofessional advice givers that give me their unsolicited advice all the time. I have back on the show to help make this a, a multicultural affair, Jason Napolitan and Christina Bagdazarian. Hello, all my no-filter no fans. Shut up. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> welcome back, guys. You're welcome. But first, before we get um, into anything too deep, we have our very our, our most important segment of the night, our drink of the week. We have this week the Califia Farms Orchata in Fuego, which is a spicy orchata with some some cinnamon with some spicy cinnamon whiskey that we tried to make ourselves. Some chilies. Yeah, with mm-hmm. some chilies and some cinnamon sticks and the Califia Farms um, classic cinnamon orchata. I it's like good. it. I like it a lot. It's very spicy. That's not very Mexican. That's more of an Asian <laughs> accent. <laughs> Almost. No, it's a good one. I'm like swallowed a piece of rice. <laughs> That's not good. Uh, well, you can get this recipe and more at justplainzac.com. And you can try to make your own cinnamon whiskey. I'll have that up there, too. And hopefully you won't fail at it like uh, we almost did. Because it actually didn't come out too bad. But um, let's get right into it, guys. We're going to jump right into Swipe Left, Swipe Right, because we're going to be chatting with Max Lugavere in a bit about his his documentary, Breadhead. Breadhead. Okay, so first, let you guys know how to play. Left, not feeling it, right, totally dig it. Okay, so first off, the GOP debate, which I think everybody can agree was a bit of a shit show. Left. I swipe right only because it was such (laughs) a shit show that I loved watching it. You're left? Yeah. That was a shit show. Like, all of those people are running for the president of the United <laughs> That's States. That's the best part. Of the Americas. <laughs> this, this is real. Is America. <sighs> like, if that wasn't the epitome. And of then what if one of them wins? Then what? Could you imagine <laughs> exactly. if Trump That's won. what everyone goes. Oh, oh, someone could win? Yes. Uh, that is, no one likes to think about that. You know what? Roseanne Barr still has my vote. Roseanne Barr. <laughs> She's she in Hawaii on a nut farm. <laughs> Literally. But she Macadamia ran last nuts. time. I didn't know why she didn't why she wouldn't try it again. I'd vote for I her. I thought she had a shot. Okay, so what about Trump versus Kelly? They're like going at it right now since that debate. Trump says she doesn't like him. She says you don't like me, and they're kind of just like talking shit to each other in the media. I think I swipe left. I think it's stupid. I think she's a bimbo. I'm sorry. I don't like her. I think Trump's Trump's funny, but I don't take him seriously at all. I swipe left. Christina? Swipe right. Let him have it. I say swipe right on that one, too, because it just helps the Democrats even so yeah. much more. They're just going at it mm-hmm. and looking like fools. And who cares? Who yeah. is Kelly? I had no idea who the hell she was before this. Yeah. So why does he even care? You have no idea who Kelly thinks she is in her head, Jason. Oh, well, she is. I think I've fabulous. said that before on your uh, show. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who you are, and she doesn't know who I am, so we're good. 
Well, in big celebrity news, Jennifer Aniston finally got married, so everybody can shut the fuck up oh, no. about her and Brad. No, she has to have a baby before they can shut up. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> off of her, off the guest list was Matt LeBlanc, Joey from Friends, and Matt Perry, who was Chandler from Friends. They weren't invited. Is that sad? They were together. They worked together on a show for a long time. Like they're known as friends, and they didn't go to her wedding because they weren't invited. Christina. Swipe right. It's with, if they're not friends anymore. That was a long time ago. You can't yeah, invite everyone. Like, I mean, it's like sad. If we want we the were cute together for friends. ten years, and then I wasn't invited to your wedding. Twenty years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It wasn't last year. I would be heartbroken, Jason. Um, I guess I swipe right to it. Like I don't really. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it matters. Like, um, friends is over, and I hate everybody. Everyone's listening. Like friends no. is over, and <laughs> it's time to move on. And so they're not going to spend the rest of their lives together being friends. They weren't really friends to begin with. No. I don't think. Did you see how awkward their little reunion skit was that they did? No. They did one. It was, all, it was so <laughs> awkward. They, yeah. they were not all happy to be there at all. It was, it was um, really really awkward all right but now um now that we've done swipe left swipe right and we're sipping on this califia um we have to call max guys let's call him we're going to know why my brain is swollen yes let's give him a call and tell him we are ready to talk about this film with him hi max hey hi so, everybody, you may have seen him somewhere on the internet because he's all over, probably talking about your brain and how you're probably killing it. But today, Max is here to, to chat with us about how, um, how to get it together. He's currently directing and producing the, the documentary Breadhead about how you're pretty much killing your brain and why you need to do something about it right now. So don't tune out. How are you, Max Lugavir? I'm great, and good job pronouncing the last name. Not everybody gets that right. I had to listen to you on some other (laughs) podcasts because I didn't want to mess that up. Nice. Good job. (laughs) I had to practice. (laughs) I was listening to Rosetta Stone on the way in. (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) So, Max, talk to us about Breadhead. What, What is this film that you are producing? Yeah, so it's it's my first feature-length documentary uh, that I came up with just over a year ago now that looks at the way, the myriad of ways that our diets and our lifestyles affect not only the health of our brain, but our brain function. And um, it's a... So what are we eating that's killing our brain? Well, you know, everybody's different, but um, we are looking at the, you know, these horrific neurodegenerative diseases through one hypothesis that states that the first thing that really develops subclinically, meaning like before any of the symptoms or any of the sort of plaque buildup that characterizes the most common form of dementia, which is Alzheimer's disease, is a sort of impaired uh, glucose metabolism by brain cells. Um, one researcher uh, coined type 3 diabetes to describe how she saw Alzheimer's disease manifest in the brains of rats. She's a neuropathologist. Um, and so I thought that was a very powerful insight yeah. because type 2 diabetes uh, is essentially a lifestyle disease. You right. know, I mean, there's it, it, it sort of skyrockets in tandem with obesity rates, uh, you know, and there's really no emerging economy right now that's not seeing just massive rates of these two diseases. Uh, and so the implications of that to me were really powerful and empowering, you know, because um, I, f- I think a lot of people sort of feel this like 
atmosphere of hopelessness surrounding, you know, diseases of neurodegeneration. And so I kind of felt like this was a, a way for me to really make an impact by bringing this insight down to a younger, a much younger demographic than, you know, that who would normally be concerned about these sorts of things. Yeah, Christina, who's co-hosting the show with me, um, I'm putting her on blast because <laughs> she went to like this this hamburger festival over the weekend and she was just <laughs> eating hamburgers like there's no tomorrow. And I'm like... They were sliders. Oh, sliders. <laughs> <laughs> they were like whole in double doubles for minute now. But I'm telling her she needs to watch how much bread she's eating and cut back on the gluten because I am totally like... I try to be on top of what I what I eat and what I put in my body, and I can be a little crazy and neurotic about it sometimes. But so, um, how can Christina fix this habit? I think she's addicted to gluten. No. Well, look, it's a really, I mean, if you, aside from gluten, if you take your average slice of whole wheat bread, which, you okay. know, which many people think of when they think of healthy whole grains, and you realize that your average slice of whole, gra- whole grain bread has a higher glycemic index than that of table sugar, the reason Yikes. why these sorts of, you know, these sources of carbohydrates are so addictive starts to emerge, you know. I mean, people tend to go for really sort of easily digestible sources of carbohydrates uh, when, you know, they're stressed out. You know, I mean, there are studies that have shown that, you know, when you're consuming sugar, the same part of the brain lights up as, you know, when junkies do a line of Coke. And so it's like, this is a really pervasive yeah. problem, you know. And I think that a lot of people tend to look at, you know, things like, soda and you know sports drinks as being like the main culprit but we need to even sort of look into our own kitchen cabinets to see that a lot of the foods that we you know had previously considered to be really healthful um have really you know profound implications on our on our blood sugar and implication and uh, inflammation and things like that so but the uh, food pyramid says we're supposed to have bread all day long max i know i know it's a problem you know it's a problem <laughs> so i think that you know like I'm, I'm trying to get people to think about blood sugar the way they already miraculously think about blood pressure. I mean, you kind of, you know, even a child, I feel like, has a sense that you can't have a blood pressure of zero, but beyond a, thir- a certain threshold, you know, the lower it is, the better. I'm trying to get people to think about blood sugar in the same way. Okay. So why should young people, get, like, why should people like Christina and I in our 20s, why do we need to care about this now? Like this, I mean, all old people get dementia, right? All old people get Alzheimer's. All old people are just going to get sick and die. So why, why not live a little now? Well, it's a great question. And um, the truth is, is that higher levels of blood sugar correlate with reduced memory function, you know. And these diseases that, you know, I think many people consider diseases of the old begin in the brain decades before the first symptom. So to me, they're absolutely not old people's diseases. You know, they begin in the brain now. I mean, the oldest millennial, which is a, a you know, a, a marketing speak for the demographic that I find myself to be a part of, the oldest millennial is now 35. So, I mean, these changes for some of us are, are starting now. But, you know, aside from the whole, like, disease thing, I mean, you know, we live in a time where attention is the new limited resource. You know, data is coming at us 24-7. There's always a new notification yeah. that we've got to tend to. And so, you know, these like lifestyle changes that I'm talking about that could potentially alter your risk for these kinds of diseases also are, are in a sense, optimizing your cognitive function as well. And I think that's really important, you know? Right. So what can we eat? What should we be eating? Well, I think that, um, you know, the, the, the diet that I've adopted for myself um, is a low-carbohydrate diet. And I put emphasis on 
you know, green leafy vegetables and healthy fats, you know. The brain is made of fat. That's not why you need to eat fat because the brain is made of fat, but from the fat you consume, your brain uses that fat to make cell membranes. It uses to insulate neurons. Uh, so you want to, you know, X out the unhealthful fats from your diet right. and focus on really healthy fats. So no fried chicken. No fried chicken. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. if you just consider the fat, you know, like some restaurants will advertise the fact that their foods are fried in, you know, organic peanut oil or something like that. But, you know, these... <laughs> Like these oils that are just like constantly being like used and fried at high temperatures over and over and over again, like trans fats start to develop, you know. So this is not a good thing. And in, you know, looking you up, Zach, I, I you know, I saw on your website that you're very passionate about, you know, autism and, and advocacy for, for that kind of, for that stuff. Oh, you and, just want brownie points right now. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I think that you know, there was a study that came out not even a month ago that found that. Um, you know, a low glycemic diet, at least in mice, reduced symptoms of autism. Yeah. Nearly every symptom of autism was reduced in this sort of mouse model of the disease. Now, you can't, you know, mice are not humans, and this is a mouse model. It's not, you know, what actually develops in the wild in, in humans, as they say. But, right. um, but, you know, there is an inflammatory component for sure. Uh, and we're realizing just how bad inflammation is for our mind, our moods. Yeah, absolutely. Like I was just board, talking so. to Dr. Perlmutter about that, I think, last week or the week before. And he was answering some questions um, from the autism community about, you know, ab about that exact issue and, and how, you know, there is a connection between the gut and the brain. And a lot of people are like, you know, the gut doesn't affect what you eat, doesn't affect your brain. But I think it's like it's with the studies that are coming out, it's like way more obvious. Yes. Um, that people need to start paying attention to this. Yeah, 100%. So when, when is Breadhead coming out? Well, we're working on it right now. Uh, we, you know, we've got a lot of work left to do, but we've been just like really hustling, and you know, this, the stuff that we've been shooting is just you know, so incredible. I can't even articulate like, just how excited I am. So, um, so yeah, I mean the the process for us right now is to find uh, a great editor. You know, we were lucky in that our Kickstarter campaign was so successful. So we have resources to find a top shelf editor, um, and you know, of course, we're still raising money and all that stuff. But um, but we you know we have seed funding, and so everything that we've shot already just looks great. And Dr. Promoter, you know, he's for sure going to make a cameo in the film um, along with you know many other. Uh, really amazing scientists and practitioners. So I'm just, I'm so excited. Nice. So where can people learn more about the film? Well, uh, you can go to breadheadmovie.com where you'll get to see uh, a teaser that we um, used for our Kickstarter campaign. But really the best way to keep tabs is to join the mailing list, which you can also do at breadheadmovie.com. Uh, or follow me on Twitter and like my page on Facebook. And uh, What's, what's and, your yeah. Twitter handle? It's uh, at Max Lugavier. I don't know. If I'm, am I supposed to say the at? I never. I never know. I always do. Yeah. Yeah, I always I think so. Do. Right. I have no clue. I don't have a Twitter, but I, I sort of like it because it kind of like breaker one nine at breaker nine like the old school CB. <laughs> no, it's funny. The other day I was um, relaying a phone number to somebody, and instead of saying pound, I said hashtag, like start, like, and I was like, oh my god, that's that's so. Bad. That's hilarious. I know. So Max, what would be your closing argument to millennials right now if you want to get them to like, if you want Christina to stop eating bread? What like what is your closing argument that you want to throw out there? Well, that you'll just you'll feel better, you'll perform better. You know, your mood will improve. You know, if you're one of the 
you know, vastly underdiagnosed population of, you know, non-celiac gluten-sensitive people that are out there. Um, and you'll also, you know, be minimizing your risk uh, to some degree by, you know, by eliminating, you know, these high glycemic sources of carbohydrates from your diet for a disease for which there is no, you know, meaningful treatment. And, you know, as, as a millennial, like, we've invested more in human capital than any previous generation. That's yeah. like a White House verified statistic. So, the idea that one day we could experience cognitive decline, cognitive loss, I mean, that would be like just an unspeakable loss, I think. So, um, I agree. Yeah. So just, you know, come at it from a place of understanding and, and, you know, just try it. Give it a try. Give it a try. You'll feel so much better. And everybody's going to need to go check out Breadhead when it comes out. And don't forget to follow Max Lugavir on Twitter at Max Lugavir. That's L U G A V E R E. So go and follow him on Twitter. Thank you so much for, for calling in, Max. Thank you, Zach. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Later. So, Christina, is that? Do you feel confident giving up bread now? Um, No. (laughs) (laughs) Christina, I've cut back enough since Since, meeting you guys. That's that's enough. Okay, I'm gonna keep my. It's a start. It's a start. But I'm saying it right now. A year from now, Christina's not gonna eat any more bread. That is my goal. That is my goal to get her to eat better. Brings me joy. Okay. You can stop eating bread and still eat some now and again. Exactly. Like, as a, okay. No, yeah. no, I don't. But not like but what not you like, think. Yeah, like, not oh, like going to a hamburger festival yeah. and just gorging. No, but like if you went to the hamburger festival once a year and that's the only yeah, time you had bread. That? I don't go okay, then that's every fine. week to a hamburger festival. Yeah, I mean, we're all going to take in something. I mean, True that, true that. Okay, so I know we do this like every day in the office where mm-hmm. we we offer up unsolicited advice. Un- well, well, we kind of want. No, we kind of ask each other for it. I want it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we have some people that That's have have sent in some some questions. Um, so our next me- our next segment is fix my life. Our first question comes from Lily, and Lily says, "I'm thinking of leaving college to pursue a career in." film i'm an independent filmmaker and i've already gotten my foot somewhat in the door i feel like i'm going to school to seek the validation of the people around me and i'm no longer interested or invested in school any advice on how i should tell my family or just advice in general what do you have to say to lily well i think lily needs to go to film school why not consider that (laughs) as an option um i don't know how in the door her foot is but it's a tough thing to break into and everyone's you know everyone's a lot of people are trying to do it and it's all people that are so passionate about it and they put in so much work and it's just gonna yes. be really difficult i don't see why not i'm gonna have layla weigh in on this one yes. layla came in to film a segment for us <laughs> earlier and she's a filmmaker and she's doing a documentary with me right now layla what do you what advice do you have to her? how do you fix her life so my advice is if your foot is in the door Take that opportunity and run with it because when you step foot on any set, it's not just an experience that you're learning how to do whatever it is you're doing, whether it's crew, um, grip, producer. It's you're learning. That's one. And two, you're also making connections because those are the people that are going to get you that next job. And yes, school is important. It's a great way to network and meet new people and learn the trade. But honestly, you're going to learn a lot more on set than you are in a classroom. That's my advice. I agree. I mean, I think I've learned a lot more like by getting my hands dirty working than by um, 
actually <clears throat> going to school. I haven't learned my kids' school. To no, be you honest. definitely learned a lot more. Lily, Lily, listen to your uncle Poodle. All right, <laughs> Lily, listen. First all right. of all. You have to analyze how much you're going to be paying for school and what that return is going so to much. be. So if your foot is in the door and it's a good foot in the door and someone's going to give you experience just like the, the lady just said and gave you really good advice, then you need to take that. The lady. She's not like 40 <laughs> years old. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> the nice young woman that's only 14. There you go. Um, told you. But yes, and you need to make sure it's not just a pretty little shiny object being dangled in your face and then you lose leave school for it you have to make a smart decision yeah and you have to really has want to be it. financial based because you could be paying school loans back for a very long time oh. and not have any experience so you need to make a you know an analysis of your life yeah first and then make the decision and then if you have to tell your parents then as long as you have a good solid plan behind it then your parents are going to understand and yeah. if they don't well, that's when you learn how to grow up and you get to live your own life and, and make your own decisions. Adult, yeah. yeah, absolutely. When okay. they take all the money away and they're like, <laughs> Shit. Then you're cut off. <laughs> okay, next question comes from Sabrina. Sabrina says, any advice on how a daughter can build a better relationship with her mother? A mother that seems to always be there in her life but isn't really there. How can I better connect with my mom? Sabrina got some mama drama. Um... I don't know. I think I want to weigh in on this one only because I'm, I'm kind of going through this with my mom right now. Um, and we're, you know, we're working on, on trying to have a, a good parent-child relationship right now. And um, advice, I think you guys need to talk. There needs to be a really good open line of communication because if there's not and you're kind of just physically in each other's lives, but you're not really doing anything to build a relationship or to have a relationship, you're not going to have a relationship. So I think first you need to figure out if you want a relationship. And if you do, then that's a conversation that you need to have. And if there are issues you haven't dealt with, throw it all on the table and hash it out and then go from there. Yeah, I definitely think... Have you told your mother that you don't have a good relationship? Because sometimes moms just go along and think they're being mm. great moms. And they're like, oh, we have we see each other all the time. But she may not know that you think that they don't have a good relationship. Yeah. I so think... you have to tell her, we don't have a good relationship. And then yeah. that might open her eyes. Like, what do you mean? And then it'll open up conversation. And then you can start to build up. No. And that that's the exact thing that I just, I just did with my mom. I think we were on very different pages in terms of our relationship. And we talked about it. And now we're, we're moving forward. And I'm, I don't know. I feel a little more confident that we're going to have a really good close relationship. Christina, do you have any mama drama? I don't have any mom drama, but it sounds, I mean, I guess a similar situation. My mom, we have a decent relationship. She's amazing. She's great. I love her. She loves me. She's always there. But we didn't really have that kind of connection. I didn't tell her things. You just have to be the one to do it. You have to tell her about your life, any little tiny insignificant thing. Just tell her yeah. stuff. If it so matters she, to you, yeah. Yeah, if it matters to you, just tell her about your day. Tell her about your friends. Tell her about your work. Tell her about things so you build that up and she knows it's normal to have those conversations and you share she shares you just have to be the one to do it i have like a drink that. with her too yeah that's Alcohol always good yeah my mom no we never went drank. two big sandwiches. giant glasses of wine my mom <laughs> eats one two, we eat my, two glasses my of mom and i my mom never drank as a kid like never drank and then all of a sudden she found tequila and she mm. is just a whole nother person now she'll call me <laughs> In the middle of the night, what you doing? I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, hey. oh, I love your mom though. My mom's she's great. So fun. Yeah, she's great, but yeah, she's a lot more loose now that she's found tequila. <laughs> so All right, that's good. 
<laughs> um, our next question comes from Michael. Michael says, I have a really strong instinct that one of my closest friends might be developing feelings for me, but is scared to admit it. Any advice on how I should bring it up to him? I feel like he might be defensive and not entirely confident in his sexuality yet. I know I'm completely straight, but unaware of how to tell him that and make it clear that we're just friends. I still really care for the guy. Ouch. That's going to hurt. Yeah, I didn't read all that earlier when you... <laughs> <laughs> I read it out loud to you. Thank you, you. So <laughs> I but I was driving. <laughs> so it sounds like Michael's very confident, and yeah. he's like, I, I'm i not into you, but I like you as a friend. But he, but I don't think there's ever really been a conversation between Michael and yeah, his friend Yeah, no, if here. he's getting close to you, like, in an uncomfortable manner, then you just need to say, like, dude, like, you're dudes. So just say, dude, you're getting close to me, like, what's up, you know? And have that conversation about like I'm getting these feelings from you. It feels different than like just a friendship. So if how you're do you having bring those that feelings, up, though? like how do you just like I just did over you know a beer or playing games or like doing something where you're in a comfort zone where both people are comfortable. And, you just be like, yo, yeah. boo, you want to do me? Yeah. Because it's not going to happen. No, I wouldn't no. say it like that. But, you know, something like that where you would just be like, <laughs> I'm feeling like you're feeling more. Am I getting this wrong? Or And you will tell, you can tell by his reaction. Or yeah. if you are, it's cool. I mean, I don't care. We're still going to be friends no matter what. It's just I don't go that way. And I really want to make sure our friendship is protected. Can there still be a friendship, though? Absolutely. Yes, of course. As long as the I... other guy isn't like, no, I'm going to stare at you while you're sleeping. Like, that kind of <laughs> stuff. Or wear your skin. But other than that, you should be hand to <laughs> Christina, any advice from Michael? I don't know. That seems <laughs> just tough. It's complicated. I think Jason took that pretty well. <laughs> okay, what if it were two girls, though? Because I feel like the dynamic between girls and guys is totally different, and girls can maybe be a little more affectionate with each other, um, and there might be a little less yeah, of Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there's across. a difference. I mean, what would you do, Christina? <sighs> what would you do if one of your closest girlfriends, you thought she might like you? How would you handle that? I feel, I don't know, my... I, I don't even know how I would notice that because my girlfriends and I are very close. Anyway, I guess you would f- f- sense it. You'd feel it somehow. Yeah. But then you... You know. You, you'd know. You kind of know. Kinda know. Okay, so well, which know. friend is it? So you, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Not that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you know. How do you address the situation then? Ooh. I'd love to say that I would just, you know, talk about it. Yeah, and, you would go, this is what I a girl would do. She would go to all her other, other girlfriends and be like, God, I think she's a lesbo. No. And then they would talk about it oh, and then they would talk on. shit behind their back. And then when they would see him in person, they'd be like, hey, girl, how you been? <laughs> and then they'd be all nice. Total shady. But it's the same. I mean, you have to. But I feel like I girls kinda, say things. Yeah. Like, you kind of bring things you up. You can bring things up. I could be sneakier and bring up. Others like, oh, so what's going on? Who's around? And kind of feel her yeah. out. And if she gets awkward. you See, I don't know if I would handle it in the best situation. I, yeah. I feel like I would just kind of shut down and cut it off. Yeah. I don't do what that's I say. That's not I, nice. I'm not saying that's nice. I'm just saying that's how I think I would handle it. I've never really been in that situation. But I think I would, I don't know. I don't think I would handle it in the most appropriate way. I would be, you know me, I'm pretty blunt. So I would yeah. be that guy that would be like, are you gay? I just see. I'm, oh yeah, I'm blunt, like, but I it's wouldn't okay. want it. See, I'm blunt, but I don't like to hurt people's feelings. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I couldn't be able to come out and just say that. Yeah, but that's a different issue. Do we know or not know? 
in the situation. So are you also assuming they like you and assuming they're gay at the same time? Yeah, how conceited, you already- Michael. Yeah, like- <laughs> God, you're conceited. I don't want to bring that <laughs> so up out of nowhere. Of like, oh, Get him some- over He's it. dating a girl and then you think you turned him gay. Yeah. You're conceited. Maybe you should work on some self-love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't just Come assume therapy, that. therapy, Michael. I have a good number yeah. from a really good therapist yeah. you can call. <sighs> All right. Should we bill them? I'm going to bill them. Yeah, I think we should start billing these people for all this advice. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with, uh, with me, Zach Peter. Uh, you can listen to me every week on Wednesday. at Yeah, on Wednesday on iTunes. So go and subscribe. Follow me at Just Plain Zach across all social media platforms. We periscoped earlier, so check that out. Don't forget to go to ColefiaForms.com and check out this drink. Go to JustPlainZach.com to get the recipe. Follow at Max Lug- Lugavir. Is that? Oh, fuck. Oh, man. Max Lugavir on Twitter. Check out Breadhead. You're going to want to fix your brain. And I hope you got some advice out of today's show. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Christina. Thank no you, problem. Layla. You woman. You old woman. <laughs> Layla. Beautiful <laughs> the Layla. The princess of Beautiful all. Beautiful Layla. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. When you drive the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power, you can stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see yourself behind the wheel of the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Kia received the fewest reported problems among all brands in the J.D. Power 2022 U.S. Vehicle Dependability Study based on 2019 models. See JDPower.com awards for 2022 details.